The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded March 25th. 2021. Enjoy. Welcome to the April edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Hugh, Joe, happy Easter. Ah, chocolate, jelly beans. Nobody gains weight in personal tax season, right? <laughs> you know, I'm just interesting about, interested about the tax we're going to be talking about here. So uh, what do you say we get to it? Kate, ready? Let's do it. Yes. Right. Sue Sir's uh, update, Joe. <laughs> so yeah, the very first thing here is we've got information about how to manage the wage subsidy and the rental subsidy for those additional three periods, taking us up to June 5th. So mm -hmm. the rates, everything is staying the same. But the one thing that's changed is the months that you're going to compare when looking at revenue declines. Now, there's a big concern. When we get to March, April, May, we're looking at revenues from 2021 compared to revenues from 2020. Oh, my goodness. COVID hit in 2020. So those numbers are going to be really low. So we're going to get no subsidy because we're comparing it to a bad number. You know what? We've got a resolution now. Instead of comparing it to 2020, you're going to be comparing it to 2019. So some possibilities there. And I think just the other thing that, that I want to mention here is we are actually starting to see projects picking up uh, when it comes to SIRS, for example, calls from CRA. It's sometimes when you're making applications, adjusting to get additional information. So uh, it looks like we're going to see some bigger, bigger items coming out soon. Uh, that's all I want to mention for now, though. Well, I got to agree, Joe. We're going to see more of that because the Auditor General pointed out we didn't put a lot of upfront verification. We're expecting a lot of legwork after the fact. So we might as well start thinking about that. Uh, one issue that I think SIRS and SUS, among other things, have really highlighted for us is online security, CRA's data. And it certainly concerned them. Uh, we know mid-March, they locked down another 800,000 accounts for concern that, hey, that username password combo seems to be out there for sale to illicit sources. And uh, I heard a lot of people saying, geez, what do I do now? I'm locked out. Well, you can't get fully back in all that easily, but there are a lot of ways to get back in. Uh, you can use their partner accounts. Mainly that's your bank card. And if you do that, you're going to get a little note that says, we can let you in for a little bit of my account. We can't get you into my business account at all. You're going to have to wait for a security code in the mail. But if you're an authorized representative or you just need to apply for your personal benefits, then you've got access. And that's pretty important. Similarly, maybe you don't want to use your bank card. You can use their option too. You can create more than one account. So just create a second account. Same restrictions. You're going to have to wait for that security code. But if you're an authorized representative, we're noticing that you're in. You don't have to wait for the security code for rep clients. So you're not looking at the mail before you can deal with what your clients need to get their returns filed. Uh, the other element we're seeing is that multi-factor authentication. And uh, that seems to keep going up and down. They rolled a whole bunch out, then they pulled a whole bunch back. Now we're starting to hear from people who are getting asked to sign on again. But CRA has made a lot of changes to that multi-factor account. I know when I was first picked to sign up, yay, lucky me, uh, <laughs> I got to put in one phone number. And if you want to change that, just phone us on our regular call-in lines and wait on hold for a while. Not anymore. You can have three different numbers. You can choose between a call and text every time you log in. So maybe you set up your home number for when you're working at home, your cell number, and your office number. Need to change them? 
log in under Repa client and change them. No more waiting on the phone. So I found that a lot more efficient, a lot more effective, although it means a little bit more time every time I call in because I got to pick a number. Uh, I think, Kate, you were suggesting maybe every firm wants to pick one person, whether today or maybe in a month when the personal tax season's done, to just sign on voluntarily. You can do that now and figure out how this is going to work because it looks like at some point we're all going to have to log to sign on. So with that, I think we can sign off of CRA security items. Uh, Kate, what else is new? You know, I got to tell you about a court case that we saw come out of Quebec just this last month, and it had to do with a law firm that had deducted a portion of the wedding expenses of a family member of one of the shareholders of the law firm. And so we are thinking, you know, there's no way this can be a business expense. A wedding, you know, unless you have other nefarious, you know, intentions that's a personal expenditure and so we're going through these uh uh we're going through this court case here and we actually found reference to a previous court case where the expense was actually uh, allowed as a business expense in the corporation. So we're looking at kind of comparing this Quebec court case to that old court case, and we see that there were a lot of differences. In order to have the expense as a business amount in that old court case, uh, the corporation was very involved in selecting the guests to the wedding for business reasons, communicating with the guests, um, giving them special arrangements to get to the uh, to get to the wedding, and also it came out after the fact that due to connections made at the wedding, we had um, significant revenues that were generated because of that. So in that case, we had the business expenditure. This court case this month, however, there was not sufficient uh, business reason to get the deduction in the business. Now, I think the other interesting aspect of this court case was that when the court um, looked at the law firm, they said, okay, let's get someone from the law firm to come and testify. The only party that would come and testify was the one shareholder whose daughter's wedding actually uh, was covered here. And the court said, you know what, uh, that's not sufficient to provide this business reason for getting the claim there. So no claim here, unfortunately, for the taxpayer there. But the daughter still got married. So thumbs up, I suppose. <laughs> Good one. Now, Caitlin, we've got another interesting case here that, that I think many of you will, you know, say, yeah, I've seen this before. We had an individual who had, uh, based in Toronto, rental properties in Phoenix and Vancouver. And uh, there are a number of different issues here. I just wanted to say, with respect to the Phoenix property, he had to actually go down to the property to deal with some major issues. So what he decided to do was they're going to take a family vacation to Las Vegas, drive up to Phoenix, and then fly back from their home wanted to write off all the flights for him and his spouse and meals and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, the judge said, listen, you know, CRA said that your driving costs, your rental costs from Vegas to Phoenix will, will allow that. The courts then went on to say, and we will allow the flight home for just you, not your spouse. So you know what? They didn't do so bad. They got half of the total travel costs there. Now, when we're talking about the other property, the Vancouver property, what had happened there was um, he basically had to do a whole bunch of renovations to the place to, to catch up. Now, there, there's a whole bunch of construction issues outside of it. So tenants moved out. He wanted to use the time to do all this fixing up. And the question is, is this a repair deducted all right now or are these capital expenditures? CRA is saying, 
well, listen, you did all of it at once because you did all of it at once. That's a capital. And the, judge, the court said, no, it's not. You got to take a look at whether there truly is a betterment of these assets. And you know what? There's no structural design changes. Uh, there, there was no building uh, construction applications uh, with the city filed. Uh, we didn't have, we used the same types of materials as we had before. So at the end of the day, the judge said, listen, all of these items were, were just repairs rather than actual capital expenditures. So did the change, basically, was the change repair so great that you essentially created a new asset or did you just get it back to rentable condition? Just rentable condition, therefore all allowed. How about that, gang? Cool. Joel, let's flip that around. You're not incurring a cost, you're making some money. Maybe you're one of those guys who was involved in the recent uh, really quick purchases and sales of various stocks that got a lot of media attention. We got a really good article by uh, Vern Krishna, longtime tax practitioner, definitely a name to reckon with, uh, just talking about what's the difference between getting a capital gain and ordinary income. Well, you bought it because you were going to resell it and make a quick flip killing. That's not a capital gain. That's ordinary income. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you had a secondary intention in the back of your mind that I always had my eye on that resale at a profit. His article is a really good read for people who may need a refresher on that issue or may not be familiar at all with the income versus capital element. And uh, as he notes, if you're making your buying and selling decisions while you're parked at a red light, <laughs> that may not be a long-term investment that generates a capital gain. I've sat at some pretty long red lights, you. I don't know about that. <laughs> or trains. Maybe if you're on hold yeah. waiting for CRA. Yeah. Last article we wanted to mention, we might have clients who are struggling to pay their tax bills or dealing with penalties, interest, and they want to get CRA to waive those penalties and interest on these tax bills. Well, they might be able to do that through taxpayer relief, uh, but you got to know the bar to get relief on that is quite high. Not only do you have to have, you know, not sufficient income to cover the basic necessities of life, but you also have the court looking at assets that you hold. Can you liquidate? Can you sell some of those assets to pay for that tax debt. So great court case to look at. That's all we have for today. Thank you. See you next month. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. The preceding information is for general informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.